Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend, the hockey analyst for the NHL Network. He's Mike Kelly joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Mike, thanks so much for the time this morning. How you doing, my friend? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Uh, good few days of playoffs, and those commercials get me fired up. I'm telling you, I, I want to go to that Anheuser-Busch beer garden, and I need some big-time help with my lawn. So I don't know if you guys will come up to Canada and to Montreal and help me out there, but uh, I'll pay double. Hey, Mike, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'll call him up and talk to you because we were just discussing how freaking long and green our grass has turned. So we'll find out oh. if they can take care of Canada for you, and we'll send them up. Yeah, they, they specifically I, have it for Missouri uh, soil, but I'm sure they can I figure it out Montreal. I guarantee they'll figure it out Montreal. <laughs> It'll work. <laughs> Seriously, put it in a U-Haul and send it up here. I, I bought a house a couple of years ago, and the, the people that lived here bred dogs. And so the dogs urinated on, like, half the backyard and just demolished the grass. So I've got very suspect grass. I need a lot of help. All right, we're sending them up, Mike. We're sending them up for you. There we go. All right, Mike, let's, let's get into this Blues versus Wild series. I wanted to give you a call because I, I want to get the numbers perspective on what we've seen through the first two games of this series. What to you has stood out as the most interesting aspect of this Blues Wild series thus far? Well, uh, I think everybody expected this to be a six or seven gamer. Uh, I didn't really know who to pick. It, I'd say the closest series going into it, the, the biggest coin flip of all of them, it seemed. Uh, I know St. Louis has, has really dominated Minnesota this year over the last few years, but th- these are they were close games in the regular season. What surprised me the most is that not that it's one one after two games that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, four goal differentials in both games that, that's that surprised me the most. I would say, and I think you know Minnesota, despite the four nothing loss, they they played that game close, I thought, to St. Louis and, you know, the Blues power play. Uh, their, their special teams have been much better all year, and their special teams were better in that game. And Minnesota flipped the switch last game uh, in, in game two, and, you know, they won the special teams battle, and Kirill, you know, popped off, and uh, and they played a really great game also. So it's going to be a, a back-and-forth slugfest, probably seven games. Mike, the one area that I still just don't know how to read is even strength for both sides because we really just haven't seen a whole lot of even strength. Like, they got the better of the Blues last night in Game 2, but the Blues scored two even strength goals in Game 1. When it comes to that area specifically, what stands out to you about both Minnesota and St. Louis? Like, what's the difference in terms of even strength play for those two teams? Uh, They've got different approaches. So, you know, number one, St. Louis is the greatest example of any team in the NHL in terms of value and quality over quantity. The, the Blues do not fire pucks at the net without a purpose. So you go to the regular season, they took the second fewest shot attempts of any team in the league. And they were middle of the pack in shots on net. 
and they were third in the league in slot shots on that, that home plate scoring area, and they were also third in goals. So they really prioritized moving the puck around low to high, east to west, find a good lane, get a quality look, and then put a shot on net. Minnesota, they'll, they'll jam you up a little bit more in front of the net. They uh, are a really good team getting into that inner slot tight area in front of the net, rebounds, um, getting bodies there. And we saw them score you know, a couple goals in game two doing exactly that. So they've got different approaches in this series so far at even strength. You know, first place I'll look is, is uh, goals. And Minnesota's outscored St. Louis 4-3. It's tight. Expected goals, they've been better as well. So that's the process, the goal probability underneath that. Um, it's been a little bit better for Minnesota. So if I have, it's not a landslide by any means, but if you're saying who's had the better of it so far by a slight edge, it would be Minnesota. And then, and not a lot's coming off the rush for either team so far in this series. Um, it, it's, I think they've both done a good job of, of limiting each other's speed. Um, I think that will negatively impact St. Louis more than Minnesota if it continues that way. Uh, but it's been tight. It's been tight across the board. Mike, one thing that we've talked a lot about over the the first portion of our show today is how this series could potentially change once it gets to St. Louis. And the Blues are then able to dictate some of the matchups that we see. And the grief line is one that you hear so much about, especially for their defensive prowess. And I know we've all heard, uh, what was it, the five five-on-five five goals so far this year that they have allowed. Uh, if you're Craig Berube, do you almost sacrifice one of your lines against them and then hope that the other two of your top <laughs> nine forwards uh, lines, that those are the ones that are going to be able to give you the, the scoring prowess in game three and four? Well, that's the great advantage St. Louis has. I think they've got the best top nine in, in hockey in terms of the depth of it. Uh, those, all, those three lines, every single person, they, they can all play with skill and they can all score, create offense. So, that's a great advantage that St. Louis has in that, you know, that, that grief line, like you talk about, is one of the best shutdown lines in the league. And, um, you know, Marcus Foligno does not probably get enough credit for being a great defensive forward that he is. Joel Erickson, X, unbelievable. Greenway's heavy. Um, they've matched up mainly uh, against Robert Thomas's line in the first two games. Um, and Robert Thomas's line hasn't been great. You know, my view in the first two games at even strength, They've been outplayed. Um, they, they haven't been as dynamic as we can see them. So I think if, if Craig Berube can get that line, especially away from Erickson Eck, um, we all know how important it is when those guys get going and they can literally be difference makers in a game. So that's the first place I'd be looking is how can I free up the Thomas line a little bit from those guys. Um, but, but that's the, the good thing if you're St. Louis is that you've got enough balance there that I don't think you have to be terrified of, of a line like that in Minnesota uh, completely dominating one of your lines. Uh, Mike, how much stock did you take away from Ville Husso's play in between the pipes in game number two? Like, do you look at that start for him and say, you know what, I might look at going to Jordan Bennington? Or do you feel like it's something that, look, he posted a shutout in game one. We got to continue to ride and see what we have here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the latter on that one. Um, I think, you know, again, I'm going to be a bit more of a sample size driven guy just based on, you know, my analytics background and how I evaluate the game. And I understand it's a seven game series and the, the margins are, are razor thin here, but, um, you know, he was, he was really good in that first game, uh, Billy Uso. And obviously he had the shutout. Um, and St. Louis was good as, as well in front of him, but, 
it's obviously not ideal when you give up four goals in the first eight shots of the game. Uh, that's going to put you behind the eight ball in a huge way that's probably impossible to come back from. Um, but, you know, St. Louis didn't allow those shots until into the second period. So, again, um, you know, the Blues played well enough uh, to start the game at least. Uh, you, want, you want some of those saves from Huso, no question. I wouldn't go to Bennington yet. Um, you know, having Jordan Bennington with his pedigree there is great to have. If it's another game like this, then maybe. Um, but I'd be shocked if they if they went to Bennington in Game Three. Mike Kelly is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can find his analysis over on the NHL Network. Also, give him a follow on Twitter. He's at Mike Kelly NHL. Mike, what is something that you, from a numbers perspective, are looking forward to finding out in games three and four as the series comes to St. Louis? Is there anything in particular you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, you know, one thing I keep an eye on a lot with Minnesota, not just for them, but also for their opponent is how well can you do keeping them out of that net front area? It's, I think it's more important for Minnesota to win that battle at both ends of the ice than maybe any other team in the league, uh, just because typically they defend it so well, and typically they get there very well. And if you can win that battle against them, I think you've got an excellent chance of winning a game, uh, even keep it even. Um, because I, you know, in my view, St. Louis is more dynamic offensively uh, they, they can, you know, in terms of offensive depth, they have more. Um, they can beat you, I think, in more ways offensively. And if they can keep that inner slot net front area battle close or even have an advantage there, that's going to go a long way for them. So, you know, those shots from that inner slot area in game two were 7-3 for Minnesota. Um, they didn't let St. Louis in. And, and you know, they produced enough of, of, of uh, those opportunities on their own uh, to get a win. I think that's a critical area. So if you're a Blues fan, you're watching the game, um, you know, how often can St. Louis recover a rebound, recover a shot attempt, get the puck out of the rim, try to keep Minnesota to those one and done. And, you know, at the same time, how often can they get inside those areas uh, in the offensive zone as well with the way that they move the puck around so effectively. Final question that I've got for you, Mike, is there a trend that you've noticed early on here in the first round that has piqued your attention? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I often look at teams as, as, you know, what's their path to victory? What, what do they need to do? What's in, within their identity do they need to do to be successful? You know, we talked about a couple here, I think, for both teams. Um, I, look at, I tend to look at it more that way. You know, I was talking to a coach who's won a Stanley Cup a couple days ago, and you know, he was talking about a couple of uh, goals for different teams after the first day of the playoffs that he says you see a ton in the playoffs and are important to be able to do in the playoffs. And that is getting two guys in front of the net, being able to cycle the puck around two guys in front of the net. Um, so you've got a stack screen or you've got uh, multiple tip options, multiple screen options. Carolina does that really well. Um, but there are other teams as well that you'll see them with one guy in front or nobody in front. And it's an easy save for a goalie and cover it. Those kind of goals just tend to happen more in the playoffs. So that's something I'm watching. And the other thing, too, is um, I noticed a couple of these, the first game in the playoffs uh, in terms of goals, those bad angle shots that you're just kind of banking off the goalie's head. Uh, Kale McCarr's beautiful goal. Remember in, in game one that he scored? You get the goalie kind of down on one knee and they play that RVH style, but if they don't execute it, there's a gap at the top of the net between the goalie's head and the post. There's a lot of guys shooting for that spot. 
I've noticed a couple goals, but there's a lot of guys shooting for it now. Um, so that's something I keep an eye on as well. That's interesting. I, is that what Kairos was last night, kind of coming from the side angle? Yeah, a little bit. It would be interesting to watch if, uh, if the Blues try to take advantage of that as well. Hey, Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. This was great to be able to catch up and learn a little bit more about the, what the numbers are saying thus far about this series. We always appreciate the time, and hopefully we'll be able to talk with you again soon as the Blues, fingers crossed, advance in the first round. And we'll send that grass seed up your way <laughs> yeah. soon, buddy. Get that grass seed here, boys, I'm <laughs> telling you. Appreciate it. That's Thanks, Mike Kelly. Thank you.